welcome back to part two of our movies. Thank you for watching The Kiss. Yep. And now we move on to the most important movie of all, because you voted for it. Yes. Yeah. And then thank you again for coming back. Yeah. We said we'll see you here in just a second. And here we are. We're a second later. <laughs> and yes, this is most important because we put a poll up and you voted for this. Mm -hmm. And it's Sleepaway Camp. Yep. Yep. We put up a poll for Near Dark which is a fantastic movie. Mm -hmm. This, which is a crazy batshit movie. Very. And Chopping Mall, which is another kind of crazy batshit movie. And you guys all voted for this. Uh-huh. So this is what you're going to get it, man. We're, we're coming in hot. So not very many people in this movie that are very well known. They're big in the horror movie community. But they're all usually like first-time actors. If you see in the introduction here... It's like introducing and it's like a mile long. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty funny. <laughs> had You had never seen this movie before? I haven't. Yeah, I, I didn't think so. I didn't even know what it was about, except I'm guessing it was about some kind of camp. Mm -hmm. So I got that. Some sleepaway camp, if you will. Some camp that you sleep at. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, really not much to talk about. If you guys want, you can watch the fantastic recap of this, the Dead Meat podcast. They do a kill count. Going through the movie itself and talking about all the kills. Mm -hmm. And they they he does a very big in-depth dive on the actors, like other horror movies they've been in. What? So we may not go through that as in-depth. But there are some sources for you. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't remember when I first saw it. I do remember it just being one of those horror movies. I probably watched it as a teenager just going through. I used to watch the Halloween movies a lot. Probably just stumbled upon it one time. But it's... This movie is more so known for its batshit ending, which we'll get to. That It was pretty batshit, yeah. Which, in today's climate, maybe doesn't work. No. We can talk about that in a minute. Yeah. I can't wait till the ending. Like, bah! Yes. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> uh, there's a lot in this movie that doesn't really hold up very well. And we'll talk about that as well. But the director, Robert Hitzik, if I'm saying that correctly, hopefully... I guess his mom helped him fund this movie, if I remember correctly. Oh, that's nice. So, he put this movie in her memory... Says, in memory of mom, a doer. Yep, she's a doer. She liked to do people and things. I get, <laughs> She's not a donter. She's a doer. Yep. So, yeah, that, that's very nice. I wonder if she, I, I think she may have passed, I'm assuming, since he dedicated it to her. Oh. Well, Maybe. Did she know what the movie was about? I don't know. You think she'd be like, you dedicated what to me? Yeah. I'd be like, what are you doing, son? <laughs> I got morals here. This is what you view me as? Um <laughs> So we get some, like, this intro is pretty creepy. It's just shots of an empty summer camp. Yeah. And you just hear, like, this scary kind of music with kids under under the score. I thought there were ghosts. Yeah, it kind of gives that, that feeling, like, the ghosts of kids that have been at this camp. I think there's a for sale sign on it, too, that says Camp Arawak, for sale. Mm-hmm. Which, this is kind of in the vein of Friday the 13th. It's like a slasher movie that takes place at a camp. Uh, Jason was already, always at like a camp in the first one and the second one at least. He may have done it in the third one as well, but he kind of gets his hockey mask in the third one, I know. But taking killers at a camp. And you said what year did this one take place? 1983. 83, so going back. We're going back a little bit. Miss 1988, but that's okay. <laughs> well. I have it forever in Scott. Uh, yes, I'm <laughs> a perfect representation of 1988. <laughs> So this movie, as you'll probably be able to tell just by listening to some of the people in it, was filmed around the New York area. 
because everyone's talking like this. They got a New York accent. It's wicked cool, man. Yeah, a, a lot of the kids in the camp all have that kind of accent. There's one kid that's like, yo, Angela. <laughs> he says that later. So we now, after we get past the scary credits, we get to the lake. We see the camp across the lake. There's kids over there do, playing, doing whatever. But there's people on the lake, like a man... I thought he was a werewolf at first because he's got the hairiest chest I've ever seen. Well, you know, some some men do. Yeah. Well, he's laying on this tiny boat that yeah, all they could right? really do was sit on it, it looked like, like with their legs in the water. It it, it looked like it was um, fastened, like it wouldn't yeah. move. So it did look kind of fake. Yes. That's a great point because, yeah, I didn't even notice that, but you're right. It doesn't move at all in the water. Because if you're out in the water, if you've ever been on a boat out in the water, you know it's not yeah. like a little movement, near, especially a small boat. Yes. You're going to flip over if you move too much. So after the dad and the two kids fall in the water, we get this guy on the shore and he's like, John, we got to come down. Martha's going to come meet us here in just a minute. And the little kids are like, oh, is Ricky coming too? And he's like, no, Ricky's not coming. He's off doing whatever. And we have no idea who these people are. No, which, how did this get made can be a difficult listen sometimes. I think they lose the plot apparently like there, mm -hmm. but they spend a really long time talking about how these people are all related. Like, how is this dad related to this guy? Who are they? Where did they come from? It's, it's a pretty funny thing. I think it goes on a little too long in my opinion, but... They do try to figure out, like, how all these kids and people are related. Oh, wow. Just that's out there? Somebody did that? Yeah, it's on a How Did This Get Made's Sleepaway Camp podcast. Oh, wow. So one of the people on that po podcast, her name's June Diane Rayville. I think she kind of plays, like, the the character of, like, she, I don't mean this in any mean way, but she plays kind of like a, a dumb character. Like, yeah. she doesn't understand what's going on. I hope it's a character. <laughs> but, like... It gets a little old, in my opinion. That's that's what I feel listening to it. Okay. Um, I know people love that podcast, and that's great. But I just I kind of grew out of it, and yeah, that that whole episode of them trying to figure out like who is related to who, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and not every podcast is for everybody. Yeah. So the counselors are in the boat, and they're kind of like fighting and arguing, and they. The the girl that is skiing happens to see the capsized boat first, and she's like. There's a boat! <laughs> She's going crazy. Yeah, and the people in the boat are like, what? What did she say? She's like, there's a boat! <laughs> <laughs> They're like, let me just speed this boat up a little bit more. Yeah, well, they see the boat, the camp counselors do, and the girl tries to switch with the guy counselor and inadvertently hits the speed, and they ramp over this boat, like go over this dude and the kids. Duh. There's some very funny cuts between all the people, like, seeing their reactions to what just happened. Like, the little girl is, like, screaming her head off the skier. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, my God! Oh, my God! She really put her all into that. Yeah, she has one scene, and she just really went for it. But it's funny, while she's screaming, she's like, oh, my God! It cuts to the guy on the beach. She's like, John! <laughs> John! And we see a life jacket floating in the water and a little kid floating in the water, too. Yeah, with their head down yeah. in the water. Which I think you can tell. Well, no, I guess not because it does look like a little boy. I, when I did the recap and watched a little bit more of this, it does look like a little boy is, like, dead. Mm -hmm. You assume is dead. So we cut now to eight years later to this mansion house. And we meet the scariest character of the movie, Aunt Martha. <laughs> For real. She's awful. 
this lady, yeah, I don't know what this lady was going for or if this is exactly how they told her how to act, but she is strange. She like she'll say something and then she talks to herself about it. Mm-hmm. She'll be like, "Oh, you don't want to be late for the bus." Hmm, no. No, that won't do at all. That would be really bad. Yeah, okay, so sometimes I do that. <laughs> Say, talk to yourself after you make a statement? Yeah. Is that bad? Does that mean I'm crazy? Yeah, a little bit, maybe. I don't oh, know. Shit. I, I mean, I'm not here to judge. So Aunt Martha, we meet the kids, Ricky and Angela. Martha, we, we are come to believe that Angela was the little girl from the boat accident in the beginning. She survived and is now living with her Aunt Martha and her cousin Ricky. Yes. Aunt Martha gives Ricky a bunch of snacks for the road because they're getting ready to go to Camp Arawak. And Ricky's like looking through the bag and he's like, he's like an apple. Oh, he's like, are there any chips in here? And Aunt Martha has a great delivery where she's like, yes, there are chips in there. A whole bag. No. (laughs) (laughs) So they're all getting ready to go to the bus and Aunt Martha's like, wait, wait a second. I forgot. I, there's something I need to give you. And she does that old bit where I think it's like from the fifties where she's like, I tied a string around my finger so I wouldn't forget. Hmm. Oh, dear. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I forgot. And this whole time, I mean, she must have just gotten her nails done because (laughs) she is doing everything to show these things off. Oh, yeah. Like, she's doing all the whole hand bit and putting her hands up to her her face. And, I mean, you know these nails. And they're red. I wonder if she got the, like, the movie to pay for them. She's like, well, my character's going to need these nails. Because she keeps putting them up to her face, like showing them off. Like, right. mm, that wouldn't do at all. Look at these nails. So she remembers what she tied the string for, which is to give them their physicals for camp. Oh, yeah. And she's like, here are your physicals for camp. And she's like, and remember, if anybody asks, don't tell them how you really got them. They know that I'm a doctor. And then she's like, hmm, yeah, I suppose that wouldn't do very well at all, would it? <laughs> Just batshit crazy. Yes, very, very crazy. She kills the scene. That she's in, obviously. She crushes it, because that's all you talk about is her. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. She's like, people are going to talk about me forever. (laughs) Like, nailed it. So we cut out of Camp Arawak, and I guess I've never been to camp. I meant to ask you that earlier. Did you ever go to camp? Uh, Yes. Yeah? When I was in Girl Scouts. Cool. And it was a nightmare. Why was that? Because kids, they're mean. Yes. And even the, the adults that supervise you are mean like one night we had to like make our own i think we were making tacos or something Mm -hmm. so we were browning the meat but it was in this ginormous pot really and i'm like what 13 Mm -hmm. and so they're wanting us to stir but it's hot like the steam's coming up oh yeah so it's kind of burning my arm and i'm like i can't it it's hot and so they yell at me oh jesus and they're like we need someone to stir this. And I'm just like, oh, my God, you want me to burn my hand off? Yeah, that's ridiculous. And then kids. I was chunky. I had started gaining some weight at that time. So I was a little chunky kid. And, um, yeah, it was just, it wasn't fun. Yeah. I wrote home saying, please come get me. Oh, geez. It didn't happen. Though. Yeah, I know. It, that sounds terrible. I'm sorry that that happened to you. I never went to camp. Um, my dad did try to get me to go to Camp Kanakuk here in the Missouri region, mm. um, cause all my friends did, like the richer people did. And they the dads are talking to my, my dad and they were like, oh yeah, we send them all to Kanakuk. And my dad's like, oh, we'll have to look into that. It never ended up happening. I think it was ridiculously priced. I did look it up just the other night to remember, cause I did hear about this. It, first off, apparently it's a religious camp. So 
Thank God oh, I didn't go there. Yeah. But surprise, surprise, uh, numerous reports of abuse happened at that camp. Dang. So. I think the only <laughs> another thing is the tents that they had. Mm-hmm. Um. So. I think I don't. It was another person, another girl in our tent. Like there was like four girls into a, a little tent, and one of them accidentally rolled off of her bed. Oh no! But it was towards the tent wall, but it wasn't secured, so she literally fell off and in, into the ground. Oh my god! So she probably fell, you know, a few feet. Yeah, because the the tents were up on like stilts. Jesus. So. That was dangerous. Yeah. That poor girl. She was crying. Oh, I bet. Good like, Lord. Oh, my gosh. Now I'm scared to fall off my bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we first got our king-size bed we have now, they, like, jacked it up to the maximum height. That would be hurt. They that would did. hurt if you fell off of it. We took it down after a while when we realized you don't, you shouldn't have to jump off your bed <laughs> in the middle of the night. So we cut to the camp, and all these kids are running, and we meet. One of the camp counselors who's like ridiculously jacked and showing off his dick in these yeah. super short shorts. I mean, I think I saw it jiggle a little. You do, especially later here in the kitchen or in the cafeteria area. We really see it. But uh, we meet the camp manager, Mel, who's always smoking a cigar. Oh, yeah. I call him Cigar Guy. Yeah. This dude is is like the biggest douche. Well, he's like the biggest New York guy because the way he talks is just like. He's like, oh, Ricky, hey, Ricky, we gotta, we gotta find out what's going on here, Ricky. You know, he just, he seems like an old kind of New York guy. Yeah. So we get another horrifying scene here is that now that the kids are running everywhere, getting to their bunks, the kitchen staff are just standing there watching them. And this big, fat, white guy named Artie. He's disgusting. Artie is watching him and he's like, look at all that fresh chicken. Yeah. He's like, back where I come from, we call them baldies. Ew. Like, where do you come from? Yeah, I'd never even heard that term, and, and probably because I don't even wander around anything like that. Um, but he was drinking a beer. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure that was okay back then. But the whole, like, pedophilia thing, uh, he's like, um, he says, well, they make your mouth water. There's no such thing as too young. <clears throat> and Ben is played by Robert Earl Jones. You may recognize that name. He's the father of James Earl Jones, who played Darth Vader. He sounds exactly like him, but he's like, these kids are too young to understand what's on your mind. Oh, that's nice. And he walks out. I'm just doing Darth Vader. (laughs) (laughs) The cooking staff are just like, oh, Artie, here he goes talking about raping again. Oh, that crazy Artie just talking about abusing kids sexually. No big deal. He walks away and he's laughing and I was just putting my notes here. I'm like, no, please call the cops. Yeah, Call yeah. the police. Please find a way to fire this guy. So Ricky and Angela are now walking towards their bunks and we get we hear that Angela, this is the first time she's like been anywhere, gone anywhere since the big accident. I put in my notes that she's mute. Yes, she does not talk. She's very, she doesn't talk to anybody for a while. She just has this. Now, I, I first want to say I think she's an incredible actress because yeah. not anybody could act like this yeah yeah but, I know. um she just like stares like this blank stare mm-hmm. it's it's creepy yeah like nothing's behind those eyes yeah <laughs> and i'm like i hope she didn't grow up to be a serial killer um no in that dead meat episode she comes off as the nicest person oh good yeah but man 
she can act, especially for like the age she is. Yeah, they were all teens. I'm just blown away by that. Yeah, it, they're very, very good. She's very good. I don't. She did come back and reprise her role as Judy, not in the sequel two and three, but she did come back in a sequel made by the same director, like in 2008, Return to Sleepaway Camp. No. She came back. The guy that played Ricky did. One of the camp counselors did. So it was kind of like a direct sequel to this one. Okay. And didn't if I remember right, it doesn't really pay attention to the second and the third one where Angela is played by a different character entirely. So as they're walking up, we meet Paul, Ricky's friend. And Paul makes a motion saying that, oh, have you seen Judy this year? She really filled out and he makes the motion that she's got gigantic boobs. she got boobies. And we hear that Ricky and her were like going steady last summer. Or were together, at least last summer. Uh, when Ricky uh, hears that she's got some gigantic hooters, he immediately goes over and tries to talk to her, and she blows him off. He's like, hey. He's like, well, I wanted her to blow me, but not blow me off. <laughs> yeah, which is, like, there's way too much sex talk in this movie for the age that these kids are. Yes. If they were, like, almost adults, maybe, but, like, if I was, like, 12 or 13, I wasn't really talking about girls boobs no <laughs> like they are huge now like i could understand if they were like 16 yeah so we see kind of the the layout of this camp like angela sitting on her bunk and judy is kind of the miss pris of the camp you know she's she's the mean girl of the camp we'll mm-hmm. we'll come to find out the pretty popular one yeah and there's a there's an honest to goodness commercial break in this movie because it just fades to black angela is looking at judy and it's like commercial mm-hmm <laughs> And then it just comes back and it's like, welcome back. Sleepaway camp. And we're back. So this is where we see the same counselor, forgive me for not knowing his name, but it's apparently a few days later after everybody's gotten there, but this counselor is in the cafeteria. We meet the the lady who is over the bunks for the girls. Her name is Meg. She's <laughs> like the counselor over Angela's bunk. Which and is also a mean girl. She's very much so a mean girl. Yes, yeah, she tells this... Uh, bulk of meat this counselor because he's so ripped that angela has not eaten again and this dude seems pretty cool he gets down on his knees and he's like oh angela what's going on you, you ain't eating your food we gotta get you some food angela you want a pizza <laughs> i call him buff guy buff well there's a mystery science theater episode um space mutiny where they keep making fun of this ridiculously buff guy and they call him different names like slab mccard body <laughs> Uh, one of my favorites is they call him Big McLarge Huge. Oh, <laughs> Big McLarge Huge. <laughs> That's hilarious. So my notes, I was like, Slab McHardbody sees that she hasn't eaten. Uh, but he stands up and he was like, well, Angela, if you're not going to eat, we're going to have to go to the kitchen. And he stands up and you see his dick like right in his shorts. Oh, yeah. He He's wearing these orange shorts that you might as well have dr- drawn like an arrow directing it towards his penis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think he's wearing a cup at all because like I said, I was staring right at it. Yeah. And it jiggled. One thing they did for Angela, I read about in the behind the scenes, is that they made her wear like a uh, training bra to kind of flatten her out. Oh, I see. And Angela, the actress who played Angela, was like, I was 13. There was nothing to hide. But they wanted to make sure that you couldn't for later in the movie. Couldn't see anything. Yeah. Because that actually does come back. They get they were not being weird about it. Gotcha. So this counselor does the worst thing you could possibly do is he mm-hmm. takes Angela to meet Artie the chef. And he's like, hey, Artie, is there something you could do for Angela here? Can you make her some food or uh, get her something? And he's like, yes. Yes, I can. I can help her out. Yeah, there's something in the walk-in for her. Yes. Oh, that's right. I forgot. He's like, oh, "Oh, you want to come over here? I got something in the walk-in for you. Yep. So 
Ricky comes into the cafeteria and he's asking where Angela is. He's very protective of her. I'll give him that. He's like the best cousin. He's ready to fucking fight anybody that talks shit about her. I would love to have a cousin like this. Yeah. Or even just a friend. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, you you defend me very well. Yeah. I'm not ta- talking bad about you, but I'm just like, wow, there's not very many people like this. It's so funny. He's just like, he will curse out anybody that, you know, pisses him off or talks bad about Angela. And if it's a guy, he will fucking throw down at a moment's notice. Yeah, even if the guy's bigger. Yeah. He's like, I don't give a shit. I'm taking you on. Which um, I did read about that this actor, um, he did get the part. The director asked him to curse him out. And he did, and the director liked it because that's what he does most of the wow. movie. <laughs> hey, little kid that shouldn't even know what curse words are. <laughs> Give me a good lash in here. <laughs> so, you know, Ricky talks to Meg and is like, where is she? And she's like, oh, the that dude, Slab McHardbody, took her into the fridge <laughs> and he took her to get some food. And he, she's like, you know, if Angela was any more quiet, she'd be dead. Yeah, that's no. Yeah. So Ricky walks into the freezer and we see Artie starting to unbuckle his pants. Ugh. And he he's like, what are you doing? And this dude Artie like slams Ricky against like the wall mm-hmm. and basically says what every pedophile I imagine says. He's like, you tell anybody here, I'll kill you. Yeah. Just the worst. This was behind the scenes too, but apparently this actor that played Ricky did not have any protection on his back. And they filmed this scene multiple times. Slamming him against the wall. So when they were finished, he had like big lines where the shelves were on his back. Oh no. That's sad. Well, he tells Ricky to keep his mouth shut and they run off. And the director, Mel, comes in and is asking like what that was all about. And Artie's like, I guess I I just scared him off. And Mel's like, well, I guess so. Yeah. (laughs) Why are your pants halfway down? Yes. That's weird. I said back in the 80s when a pedophile could get a job around kids, but I guess that's still the case. Mm. Let's look at the church. Happens too often. Yeah. So they're all, the kitchen staff are getting dinner ready for that night, and Artie's in there by himself for the moment, and he is cooking, getting ready to cook corn, I think, in the biggest vat I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Could fit a kid in there. It was ginormous. I've never seen anything. And, like, seriously, having it up on a stove? Yes. You've stupid you have to climb up on a step stool to get up to it so stupid or i think he's standing on like a chair yeah it's yeah I think. it's so ridiculous so he yeah he's in there by himself and he's on this stool standing over this gigantic pot, pot. yeah it's a huge pot and you this is where we first get the uh, pov of the killer the killer comes around and comes behind Artie and pulls the chair out from underneath him. Yeah. And he grabs this boiling pot of water and goes over with it, and it just spills all over him. And I'm like, you deserve it. Everything he gets, yes. It is kind of funny because he's just, it, the camera focuses on him for like five minutes of screaming. Mm-hmm. I think they wanted to show off the effects because he does have a lot of burns on his face and arms, but he's just like, bah! <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> And the whole time, not him personally, but his character that he's portraying yes. deserves every second of that. Yes. It, I put in my notes, it's like that gag with the steamroller and Austin Powers where that guy's like, stop! <laughs> and they're like a mile away. <laughs> they're like, get out of the way! I can't! No, I don't know. We see Artie, he gets taken out on a stretcher, and, and Mel, the camp director, is very quick. He wants to keep this quiet because he doesn't want all the kids to be taken out of camp. Right. Lose all of the money that he was getting. 
Also, I noticed in this dining or the kitchen area, Mm -hmm. they had like those old fly traps. Yes. They're disgusting. So nasty. They're like hanging over the food. Yeah. And And there's flies on them. Yeah. It's like the brown kind of paper that just hangs and the flies get stuck to it. And some of the actors like act like they don't, they're not even there because it like bounces on their shoulder. Like one, one of the guy was talking and. The fly trap was like right on his shoulder. Yeah, just so bouncing gross. around, and I'm like, I can't pay attention to anything you're saying because of this gross fly trap. He's like, Is it on my shoulder? Is it, is it on my shoulder? Oh god, I'm not gonna look at it. <laughs> so Mel basically pays these guys off. He promotes Darth Vader's dad to head chef. Yeah, gives him more money. He gives the other guys more money too. And he's like, What do you guys think of that? And he's like, He's like, That would be very adequate for our deal. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that's not just Darth Vader. That's a dad. That's that's a family thing. They all do that. Oh, okay. Well, like, that's it's just meant to be. It's time for me to cook dinner for the kids. <laughs> He's like a favorite of the kids. <laughs> yeah. Do the voice. Do the voice. What voice are you talking about? This is how I speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are making fun of my disability. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> I have emphysema. <laughs> Where's your oxygen tank? <laughs> Let's all take turns. One day my son will kill you all. <laughs> He's like smoking a cigarette in his neck. <laughs> oh, yes, that's the stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. While he's got oxygen. Yeah. I mean, that's classic. It's like, it's like, I don't know why you kids are making fun of me. This is how I am. <laughs> So Mel tells the kitchen staff that if anybody asks, already found a different job. Right. Which like, I don't know if anybody would really miss him. No, I doubt it. But like, kids already found another job and they just celebrate because they know they're all safe now. They're like, yay, oh, we're not going to get raped tonight. We don't, have to, we don't have to live under the threat of sexual abuse. I bet they were all happy rather than have a killer. They're like, Artie's gone, but there is a killer. And they're like, oh, thank God. Oh, yeah. Whew. Oh. Thought you were going to tell me something really bad. That's so much better. Yeah. That's so much better. So we get some shenanigans now. We cut to the boys' bunk, and we see that they've got a kid on the ground with, like, a blindfold on his face. <laughs> and they're like, okay, all you got to do is one sit-up with the blindfold on. All you got to do. And so this kid sits up, and as he does, he smacks his face right into the ass of another kid. Yes. And it's like, you I, hear the noise. <laughs> the smacking of the... Yes. And I thought this was just, like, the perfect prank that, that boys you know, do. This is kind of weird because it's like, they really did that. And they're like, okay, now here's what you're going to do is you're going to put your face in that kid's asshole. (laughs) Yeah. I put that he was performing some kind of voodoo magic because he was like, mind over matter. Yeah. Mind over matter. It's like, you can do it. You can do this just one setup and you win. He's like, (laughs) right into this kid's butt. So now we get the big, one of the more famous scenes of the movie is the big baseball game. Yeah. We learn that the camp counselors, he said he bets $5 on his camp bunk to win over the others. Because it's like Ricky's team versus older boys of the camp. Right. The bullies, as we'll later find out. And some of the outfits that they're wearing, I mean, they're they're like half shirts. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. the, the men are showing off their midriff. Which, you know, whatever. I'm cool with that. If you want to do that. It just... I don't know. Do you want to play baseball in something like that? No. No, you wouldn't want to. I mean, there's some kids really actually sliding. Like Ricky, he slides in a minute. But uh, I put in my notes at this time because the kids meet up before the game and they're all like talking shit to each other. 
I was like, they sound like Italians from the old country. Oh, yeah. They sound like in Godfather is like, we're going to kick your ass. <laughs> yes. We're really going to do it this time. This day of my daughter's wedding, we're going to beat you in baseball. <laughs> A lot of shit talking. I don't know why I'm doing the fingers. I'm doing like the, the finger clinches. I'm like, yes, you come to me this day of the baseball game and ask me this favor to throw it for you. So there is a funny play here where Ricky slides into the catcher. The umpire calls him safe, but he calls him safe before the catcher drops the ball. So it's like Ricky slides, he's like, safe, and then the catcher drops it. So he called him safe a little too early. Oh, I didn't notice. Um, One of the best lines, most memorable of the movie, is this kid, Bill, who is the head bully, I think. Uh, Ricky is like, he's up to bat, and Ricky's in the field, and he's like, this guy blows dead dogs. And he goes, eat shit and die, Ricky. And Ricky's like, eat shit and live, Bill. (laughs) I love it. Just that casualness. Eat shit and live, Bill. And kind of rude of those counselors to talk to kids that way. Yeah. But I mean, the kids are giving it back, so they're they're holding their own. I put that in my notes as well. It's pretty crazy that these kids are just cursing at each other and the counselors are just letting it go. Right? Um, One thing I did point out in this is there is a nerd character he's got like glasses and he's playing on his calculator in the backfield but he's playing on his calculator like a video game and i'm like it was a video game it was i thought it was a calculator because i'm like could you do that back in the day yeah that's what games back in the day look like honey okay you weren't born yet there is a thing in um friday the 13th part two where someone's playing on like a handheld system like that and you're like they had those back then oh my god (laughs) i'm sure that's how kids will look back on our time they're like, they had iPhones back then? Wow. Whoa. Ricky's team wins on a pretty sweet double play. They get two outs and that's over. And the bullies are like, we'll get you. We swear we'll get you for this. And your dog too. <laughs> yeah, the Wicked Witches of the West. <laughs> so we cut to the night and it's like some kind of mixer, I assume, for kids to kind of get to know each other. Yeah. Uh, Angela's sitting off by herself, still hasn't said a word to anybody for her time there. And... All the bullies are like, oh, we should go talk to Angela and see if she'll go skinny dipping with us. Which, like, again, how old are these kids? They're so sexual. Very. Like, so hypersexual. But they go up to Angela, and this is where one of them's like, hey, yo, Angela. (laughs) And they start talking to her, and she won't talk to them, and and they say that she's a nutcake. Like, oh, she's still not saying a word. Um, in the background here, on the back of the wall of where Angela is sitting, is just a graffiti word, cocaine. It just says cocaine on the back of the wall. Nice. I didn't even notice it. Which I'm sure was a lot. A lot may have been done on this set. I don't know. But yeah, Angela is just staring without even moving. Yeah. And wow. I'm just, I'm just really blown away by her acting. Yeah. Yeah. She, she has the very kind of creepy, just her, her face does not change. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ricky and Paul come in, and this is not explained. I guess it doesn't need to be, but Ricky is wearing the biggest cowboy hat I've ever seen. I know. You're like, so what, cute. Where did he get that? So cute. <laughs> uh, he sees that Angela's kind of getting picked on by the bullies, and once again, he just jumps in there and starts fighting these kids. Absolutely. And wouldn't you know it, the counselors don't do anything. They're like, hey, hey, come on now, stop it. Hey, you over there, calm down. They're like really? me when the cats are fighting or getting into something. They're like, hey, I'm going to come over there. Start shaking the water bottle. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll do it. Spray the boys. I'll do it. They're starting to spray the bullies fighting. <laughs> hey, hey, stop it. <laughs> so the, the bullies and Paul, or the bullies and Ricky stop fighting. There is a really great moment here where one of the bullies who's wearing like a pink button up shirt 
uh, Ricky says something like, I'll get you, or you guys are assholes. And this kid just goes like, he gives him the finger as he's walking away. And he's just like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, It's the funniest nice. face. He's like, hmm. Like he's cr- like giving him like a sad face. Like, mm, fuck you. Yeah, come get me. So Paul takes the time to start chatting Angela up. And he's like, oh, hey, I, I'm sorry about what happened to your family. I heard Ricky told me, and that's pretty crazy. And he starts telling her things that like he and Ricky have done in past years. He says one time they stole women's underwear and ran them up the flagpole. Yeah, that was like an old thing. That's a little crazy. <laughs> it is. He's telling her like it's a funny thing. And if I was Angela, I'd be like, oh my God. And we see Judy is standing like kind of to the side. And she is not happy that Paul is talking to Angela. Because mm-hmm. she wants all the boys. So it's time to go to bed. And, and Paul's like, well, all right, I'll see you later. Good night, Angela. And as he's walking away, she's like, good night. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> I didn't know she could talk. Yeah, he does the same thing too. He's like, good night. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got her to talk yeah so we cut to the night and the older kids are at the lake and all these guys like some of the bullies and girls they're like trying to get the girls to skinny dip with them and the women are like no we're not gonna do that so all the guys go running in and this is where you get a ton of male ass absolutely all the boys just are running down this dock and jump in the water and they're all naked lots of pale ass going yeah on. like all these asses we do see some guys standing there or they're supposedly have smoked pot and they're asking women to go in like a rowboat with them mm-hmm. and i said these guys have never smoked pot because they're just like you're <laughs> gonna <laughs> go rowing with us like, uh yeah that doesn't just make you uncontrollably laugh that that's always makes me laugh when people smoke pot or do drugs in movies and they don't know how it works yeah that would be me yeah <laughs> Mine, if, if it was me, they were like, okay, now act like you just smoked pot. Be like, oh, my head. God, my head. <laughs> now, I know people probably be like, you just did it wrong. But a few times I smoked pot, I got a bad migraine. Wow. That's not good. Yeah. That was why I haven't done it. Well, that's not okay. The guy who, who got me the pot was like, you're doing it wrong. And I'm like, well, I did it this, 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 this. He's like, well, all right. I don't know. <laughs> How can you do it wrong? Uh, I don't know. I guess maybe you could grind it wrong. I don't know. But I. Oh. I did everything. I mean, I that we have access to the internet. I looked it up. I know you got to take the stems out. Yeah. I don't know. I'm prone to migraines, so maybe that maybe it just happens. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I get migraines here and there, so maybe smoking pot just triggers it, but I don't know. I just I did it a few times. It hurt. It gave me a bad migraine and I just didn't yeah. ever do it again. That'd make me want to stop. Yeah. Now cocaine. Oh, that's that. okay. <laughs> yeah, we do that every once in a while. Uh, what is it in, in that um, Half-Baked with Dave Chappelle where he's at the AA meeting and Bob Saget's like, I used to suck dick for Coke, man. <laughs> you ever suck dick for Coke? I've seen him. <laughs> so uh, this guy and girl, they go out into the, a canoe and they're rowing on the lake. And this dude immediately becomes the j- biggest asshole because he's like overturning the canoe. He's like tipping it from side yeah, to side. Not he's cool. like, oh, no. Oh, no. And it does turn over and this girl is like you fucking asshole and swims away and i don't know why he does this but he goes under the canoe you think he would just try to turn it back over i it could be that he was gonna swim it to shore and then Uh, get it out of the water is the only thing i could think of i guess but he's in there and he realizes that this has like great acoustics so he starts singing in the canoe right and then you see a head from the back pop up out of the water and you know they do this throughout the movie but he's like Oh, hey, it's you. And then this guy gets killed. And then it's like, yeah, psycho. (laughs) Uh, It's funny because this person, he gets drowned, like with no strength whatsoever. You see the person from behind is just kind of like, 
eh, and puts him under the water. <laughs> yeah. Like, he could have gotten out of that. He's like, no, I'm drowning. Too bad. Uh, so we cut to the morning after that, and it's really funny. This counselor is just pissed off yelling at nothing because, like, nothing got put back overnight, I guess. He's like, why the hell did I get over there? <laughs> He's like, these damn kids. Yeah, and he picks up the canoe, and this kid's dead body is in it, and, a, like, a snake crawls out of it. Out of his mouth. Yeah, it's a dummy, and this snake crawls out of it. Ew. The cops and paramedics are there taking this body away, and Mel, the camp director, is like, uh, so you think he drowned, huh? Right? It's a, it's an accidental drowning. Nothing to do with what I, nothing to do with us, right? Yeah, and, he hit his head and he just drowned. That's just how it went, right? Yeah. And there is a cop here talking to the camp counselor who has a very real mustache. <laughs> you pointed this out to me. Yeah, I was like, keep, keep track of that. Look at that mustache. See how it's real? Keep track of it. Mel covers it up again. Just like, oh God, these things happen. What a terrible, what a terrible accident that this kid drowned. So we now cut to the kids. I guess all the kids are playing tennis and Angela is just sitting out by the side again. You know, kind of just, I guess she doesn't participate in anything either, which is very strange. Yeah, I would, I mean, they're playing volleyball. I've never been a fan of volleyball. But yeah, you would think she would want to interact, but it seems like maybe she's just been sheltered. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, she's just sitting there by herself and... Paul takes a break to come over and ask her if she wants to watch the movie that they're watching later in the rec hall with him that night. And she agrees. And, and Judy is just pissed that Paul is still giving her attention. Mm-hmm. And it is great because in this scene specifically, Judy is wearing a shirt with her name on it. Well, that's good. That's the only Judy. way she knows. Well, maybe I just imagine the actress maybe being like, what's my character's name again? Like, Judy, put it on a goddamn shirt. <laughs> So when some, it's like the Simpsons episode. Now, when you, when I say Judy, you nod your head. <laughs> Me? <laughs> yes. So Meg, the camp counselor, comes over and bitches out Angela for sitting down. And she calls her a goddamn prima donna. Yeah. That counselor, man. We cut to after the movie. All the kids are walking out of the rec hall. And Paul and Angela are now holding hands. This is progressing. Yeah. Some are loving. Happened so fast. <laughs> They walk away, and Ricky tries to hit on Judy again, and she blows him off. Uh, he, it's very funny. After he tries to hit on her and she doesn't do anything, he hangs his head in shame and walks away. Like, I thought he was a little aggressive. All the boys in this movie are aggressive. We'll get to Paul in just a minute. Because she's just... Oh, is that who... That's who you're talking about, right? Well, Ricky is her cousin. After he hits on Judy, the bad girl, and she blows him off and he oh, kind of okay. hangs his head. Gotcha. Okay, I was in the wrong scene. So, but yes, we do now get Paul and Angela, like, getting ready to kind of call it a night. And he, like, just forces himself on Angela and kisses her. Yeah. And he's like, oh, are, are you mad? And she's like, no. And so when you hear a girl do that, he took it as... Go for it again and kisses her, tries to kiss her again on the mouth. And it's funny because every time they kiss, the music in the movie swells. It's like, da-da, da-da. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Jaws. Yeah, she's, she's got to go. And then he's like, can I have another one? And I'm like, she's obviously uncomfortable. She's not into it. Yeah. It's the 80s. I don't think they knew what consent was, maybe. Kids didn't. Not in this movie. So after Angela leaves, Judy talk shit to Paul for seeing Angela, you know. He's like, oh, you're seeing her. Mm. So we get some more shenanigans in the boys' bunk. They do the whipped cream trick to a sleeping camper. Yeah, that same one. Oh, the ass kid? Uh-huh. Oh, wow, they're really picking on this guy. <laughs> they are. They put the whipped cream in his hand and tickle his nose, and he smears it all over his face. 
little bit of an overreaction when this kid pulls a knife out and starts chasing Ricky. Yeah, that was, you know, he's probably just had enough. He's like, stop pulling pranks on me. Yeah, I guess. Uh, the knife was a little much. Uh, but the bodybuilder comes in and he takes the knife and he's like, you guys stop horsing around. Stop trying to stab each other with his knife. <laughs> He goes to hide it, and he, like, all the boys can see where he's putting it. Yeah. Like, okay, well, when you leave, we're just going to get it back out. So, all right, everybody, turn your heads for a minute. Turn your heads. Puts it behind, like, the towels. <laughs> so, we cut to the next day, and Angela is sitting on the pier while everybody's, like, kind of either playing in the water or in the sand of the beach. And Paul comes up behind her and does the whole, like, puts his hands over his eyes, and he's like, guess who? And she's like, Ricky? And he's like, no. <laughs> he's like, Burt Reynolds. And he's like, no, it's me, Paul. And she's like, oh, fuck, the guy who forced himself on me yeah. last night. I thought that was kind of cute because she was, she was playing along. Yeah, they're having a good time. Judy and Meg are talking shit about Angela. Meg comes up to Angela and has asked her if she's going to still sit out or she needs to go swimming like the rest of them. I don't know why this girl is so preoccupied with what this girl does. Like, does she get in trouble if she doesn't participate? I don't know. But I did, <laughs> the one thing is they were talking about how Meg was coming up to him. And then Paul's like, well, I got to go. Yeah, he sees them coming and he, he bitches out. He's like, oh, see you. It's like, peace out. Yeah, because Meg shakes Angela here and she gets in trouble. There, there's another yeah. camp counselor here who's like the good ver- good girl. Mm-hmm. She's very nice and she seems to really take care of him. She, she gets on to Meg and yells at her and Judy gets pissed off that Meg got in trouble. Yeah, this Meg girl is not good. Yeah, well, we're back in the girls' bunk and this is when Judy just goes off on her. She's like... Angela, why don't you take showers with the rest of the girls? Uh, and she calls her the Q word. Yes. It's like um, when something is very peculiar, some older people might call it queer. But like, oh, well, that's a queer situation there. Similar to what she's called here. Yeah, she, she's very derogatory. Yeah. She says she hasn't even hit puberty yet and she's bald down there. Yeah. She, yeah, she keeps going on and on about things that might be going on with her. I yeah. always hated showering with the other girls yeah thankfully i didn't have to shower after gym like i always heard that the guys did that but they didn't make us do that when i was in school yeah and it was always very i don't know uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and just too public for me it's like i don't want to show my body off to other people absolutely not well judy is really getting ramped up here and she ends it by saying she's a carpenter's dream flat as a board and easy to screw and then nice counselor just smacks her right in the fucking face yeah good <laughs> yeah. but then she was shocked she was like oh my gosh i can't believe i just did that right, don't tell anybody i'll get fired i'll get fired oh god so angela leaves to go find ricky and as she's walking out by the bunks she sees the bullies are on top of one of the bunks for some reason having a water balloon fight oh yeah they're just standing on this roof and like okay well the rules are if you fall off and die you lose i, I don't know how this works <laughs> so the bullies are throwing water balloons and they throw one and hit angela and ricky just so happens to see it and this is where he runs up again and he's like it it, this one's funny he's like i'll kick your freaking ass you goddamn sons of bitches (laughs) i was like why do you say freaking there you just go the whole way just do it you you might as well i do love that the the cigar guy comes out Mel, yeah the director and he yells at the kids saying you could have taken an eye out yeah it's like with a water balloon 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's like, I, I saw the whole thing. You could have taken an eye out. Yeah, he gets onto them both, and he's like, he's holding Ricky back because Ricky's about to jump up on there and start pushing people mm-hmm. off, it seems like. But we get back to the bunk, and the main bully, he's like standing there, and they're like, oh, hey, we're going to go play another game of baseball. Do you want to join? He's like, yeah, that sounds great, but first got to take a dump. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, that's understandable. Or, excuse me, it's New York. He says, I got to take a wicked dump first. That's right. So he's in the stalls in the boys' bunk, and he's, like, reading a magazine, and you see somebody put, like, a stick in between the handles of the of the Yeah, toilets. like a mop stick or something yeah, like so that. Yeah, so it can't open. Mm. And then, apparently, this person then runs around to the back of the camp, of the bunks, and sticks, like, a hornet's nest in there over him. But first, that knife that that kid had before mm-hmm. uh, cut the screen off. Like the screen, cut the screen of the door before it put the hornet's nest in. I see. The knife that was hidden in Ricky's bunk. Yes. Yes, it cuts the screen and then this person puts the hornet's nest in the stall with this bully. You think that he could either climb out of there or get underneath it, but he's freaking out. And he eventually breaks the handle and gets out, but the bees are all over his face and he's just dead. Of course, Mel, the director, comes in and he's like, oh my God, the camp is finished. Oh Jesus, oh God. He now thinks that Ricky is the one causing the trouble. He's like, it was that kid, that kid from earlier. I knew he was doing it. This guy goes off on some monologues about Ricky throughout this movie. Yeah, and the buff guy that was there is just like, calm down. Yeah. Calm down, guy. So Angela is outside of her cabin. It's it's at night and Paul comes up and scares her, sneaks up behind her and they then go to the lake and start kissing and playing grab ass. I think she like pushes Paul down or something and runs off and he goes after her. Yeah. He starts making out with her. They get on the ground and Paul is like kissing her and he starts grabbing her boobs. Yeah. And Angela has like a Vietnam flashback now to a very bizarre scene where it's her and her brother from the beginning as kids seeing her dad and the dude from the shore making out in bed. Yeah. And the kids are like laughing at it. I don't know if they were making out, but they were like stroking each other's hair. Like one's on top of the other in bed. Yeah, yeah. I guess they're not kissing because maybe the actors didn't want to do that. But yes, they're like lovingly stroking each other. Right. Yeah. You could tell that they were together, that they were a couple. Yes. And the kids are like laughing at them. Is it because they think that like it's funny or are they laughing because it's two men kissing? You, You don't know. Yeah, I think it's just like one of those little kid snickers of all like, oh, they're doing something naughty. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. And then then it cuts to the two kids, the boy and the girl, sitting on a bed as this camera kind of pans around them. And the little boy is pointing at the girl. Mm-hmm. And then they fade out and they've changed places. The little girl is sitting where the boy is and the boy is sitting where the girl is and the boy is still pointing. It's very weird. This makes sense, I guess, at the end. I think it's just Angela having issues with what happened before. Uh, We'll we'll get there. But having issues with her past, I'm assuming. Because the boy and the girl on the bed change places. Like where they were sitting. Okay. I gotcha. Angela freaks out and runs off and runs away from Paul, who's very upset. He's like, oh, god damn it. I was getting some. Yeah, I know. This dude doesn't take no for an answer, and that's very upsetting. Mm Mm-hmm. So the next day... I think we've heard that a lot of the campers have now left. There's only a few left, maybe like 20 or 25. But we get this large game of capture the flag, and they take some real long time to explain the rules. This counselor is like, all right, you guys are going to be wearing flags. 
the flag, you have to run and capture the flag from the other one. And if your flag is taken, he like explains the whole game <laughs> to the, in front of this camera. I'm like important. taking the time or they were like, I imagine they were like, uh, this movie is not an hour and 30 minutes long. It's an hour and 28. We need something to fill the gap. Need a couple of minutes to fill it. Why don't we just explain this whole game? Yeah. Hey, Gino, how about you uh, explain capture the flag? <laughs> I thought Paul was gaslighting Angela a little bit. Yeah. Going, oh, I don't I don't understand what you're, why you're so upset. I wasn't doing anything wrong. Was yeah. I? Yeah. No, it's it's very problematic. And he puts his arm around her and she runs off. Yeah. She's like, dude, read the fucking room. He's angry at her, and Judy just takes this time to come up to Paul and starts hitting on him. So Angela is now kind of walking away, and Ricky comes up, and he's like, hey, I got this great idea to steal the flag, and I'm going to need your help for a diversion. And he's like, you go this way, and I'll go this way, and I'll go steal the flag. And she's like, okay, sure, I guess that'll be fine. I'm, I'm kind of pissed off at the moment, but whatever. Ricky, as he's walking through the woods to cut through and steal the flag, ends up seeing Paul and Judy kissing in the woods. And Angela sees it as well. She happens to stumble upon it. Yeah, she just comes up behind him and, or in a different direction. I don't know, but yeah. she sees it. Well, she ends up running off and Paul runs after her. And Ricky calls Judy a scumbag and she has a very great fuck you to Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, and Paul's like, I'm sorry, I don't know what happened. She wouldn't leave me alone. Yeah, he's he's trying his best to explain this to no avail. Angela walks off, and Judy comes up behind Paul, and she's like, I told you she was a prude. Yeah. So it's it's funny. I think we cut to the beach later, and Ricky's standing out by himself, and Mel comes up to Ricky, and he's like, oh, here's your, uh, how, how's your summer been? Yeah, and awkward talking here. He's trying to, I think he's trying to investigate, but it's so funny because Ricky's like, Oh, it's been fine, you know. I think it'd be better if there were more guys around. It'd get a ball game going. <laughs> it's just funny. More guys here. We need more guys. So Angela is still sitting off at the pier by herself, and Meg and Judy come, and finally they have enough of her shit of just sitting around. Yeah. Not affecting them at all, but they pick her up to go throw her in the lake. Exactly. Like, she's just doing her thing. Yeah. And for some reason, it is just getting under their skin, and they can't stand it. And this is why they're bullies. Yeah, very bullies. It, it is very funny as they're carrying Angela down the pier to throw her. Angela is like kind of hitting them on the back with her fist. She's like, me, 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 me. <laughs> It's like, very I don't want to hurt you, yeah. but this is what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> well, Ricky tries to run and help her, but Mel grabs him and he's like, I know it was you. I know it was you that did it. Yeah, right? Yeah. So they toss in Angela into the lake and walk off and Ricky finally helps her out and they walk back to the pier. Um... I didn't notice this the first time when we watched it, but doing a rewatch, they're, when they're walking up to the pier, there are little kids tossing sand on Angela in the background on the beach. Aww. They're like throwing sand on her. That actually does come back later to something that I didn't put together when we first oh, watched it. Okay, interesting. Um, that, that nice counselor, the lady, she calls Meg a real peckerhead for throwing <laughs> her in the water, which is pretty funny. You peckerhead. Yeah. And Ricky has Angela. They're sitting on the pier, and he's like, they'll pay for this. They're all going to pay for this. Oh, he's such a good cousin. Yeah. We now get another shot of the counselors just kind of talking about what they're going to be doing for the night. They're like, oh, what are you doing? They're like, oh, nothing. My bank, my bunk, they're doing this. They're going to be playing a game, and we're going to watch some of the movies. Oh, yeah, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just going to be doing this. It's like, get to an hour and a half. <laughs> 
So Mel's just standing there doing some paperwork, and Meg walks up, and she's all like, oh, what, what are you doing later? I've got nothing going on. Would you like to meet up? To this 80-year-old man. Yeah, she's flirting with him. And I'm assuming Meg is underage. Absolutely. Or maybe right at it. I don't know. I don't know. But Mel's like, oh, yeah, we could meet up later. That would be very nice, Meg. So Meg goes in to start taking a shower and sees that her bunk, the shower line, is like an hour long. Yeah, <laughs> there's a, a line. Long. That's crazy. She goes over to a vacant bunk and starts taking a shower by herself, doing some odd singing. She's like, yeah, she's like, she's just weird. So we see the mystery person come in. The door opens, but you don't see who it is. And Meg is humming to herself and a knife stabs through the shower door into her back. Yeah. And then it slides down. Yeah, it does like the stab and and. What is funny about this, too, is that after the this killer stabs Meg, the person takes the knife and washes it off in the shower and then turns the water off. <laughs> you know, you got to be polite. Yeah. Got to make sure you conserve and you got to clean your stuff up afterwards. But I thought Meg, while the knife was going down, I thought her acting was kind of funny because she's like, oh, oh. Yes. Uh, yeah. Very overacting. Hey, uh. <laughs> I could be an actress. Yes. Bring it on, world. Here <laughs> you could we be go. an actor in these types of movies. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'll take it. So we now see a counselor is taking a bunch of kids camping for the night. These kids supposedly are the ones that threw um, sand okay. on her. Oh. Yeah, comes together. I just, I put it together. Thank you. So we now see Paul and Angela. They pass each other in the count, in the rec hall and... Paul tells Angela that Ricky's laying down because he doesn't feel very good right now. And he's like, I didn't mean what I said about you. He, he says he was just upset. And Judy and another guy push through him to get Paul pissed off. She's already with another guy. Mm. So he's really pushing to Angela to get something going here. And Angela's fi- finally like, fine, meet me at the waterfront tonight. And yeah. Paul's like, yes, like, finally. Sweet Jesus, I'm going to get laid. Yes. Which, ooh, I just, kids. some of this is just, like, very inappropriate to talk yeah. about. But it's the movie, so we're talking about it. So we cut back to the counselor with the kids in the woods. They didn't set up any kind of a tent or anything. They're just in their sleeping bags in the middle of the woods. Awful. <laughs> very bad. Well, some of the mm. kids are like, Eddie, the guy's name's Eddie. He's like, we're cold. Can we go back? And he's like, sure, that's fine. That's fine. So he leaves these other kids that are sleeping right in the middle <laughs> of the woods. While by he ta- themselves. Well, he takes the others and drives them back. Wow. <laughs> Just Real. Like, See you later. Real winner there. So we, we are at the POV of the killer again who sneaks up and takes the axe that was in Eddie's bag. Yeah. And then, like you see it hold, the person holding the axe and it cuts. You're like, oh, no, this person's got an axe now. Oh, and I put in my notes, they're just kids. Don't kill the kids. <laughs> right. Um, Mel is asking everybody that he can where Meg is. He's like, have you seen Meg? We were going to have sex tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's legal in this state. And we cut to Judy in her bunk. She's kissing this guy that she was in the rec room with. And Mel, he, he, Mel like knocks on the door and this dude hides underneath the bed. And Mel's like, oh, have you, uh, have you seen Judy? We were going to meet up for some sex. <laughs> and the sex. She's like, oh, I, I, I don't know. I think she took a shower in the other bunk maybe i'm just sitting in here reading and mel's like 
You should turn a light on in here. The reading in the dark will hurt your eyes. It's fine. She's like, has a magazine out. It's upside down. Yeah. She's like, I'm just reading. <laughs> Everything's fine. Mel leaves and the dude under the bunk comes out and he's all freaked out now. He's like, dude, I got to get going. He's like, if I get caught here, I'm going to give you some serious shit. Right. And Judy's like, oh, fuck you. She calls him like a chicken shit for leaving and not staying and kissing her, having sex. Yeah, shit. Her hormones are just going wild. Yeah. Mel does go to the showers where they said they thought they found Meg, and he does find Meg. It's it's very funny. He's in the showers, and he's like, Meg? Meg, and she falls out of the shower. <laughs> completely the opposite way that she was facing when she was stabbed. <laughs> she falls out face first. She's like, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> and he has the greatest reaction. He's like, not you, Meg. <laughs> yes. It was very odd. Yes. And... This is where he goes off on another rant, and he was like, it was that kid. It was Ricky. I knew it was Ricky. I should have stopped him when I had the chance. And I'm like, okay, this guy's getting crazy. Yes. So he does that rant, and we cut back to Judy. Now she's... She's curling her hair in the dark. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't... I'm guessing the that the camp things have outlets. Mm-hmm. I know when I went to camp, no outlets. Really? Like we oh, had, wow. like, battery-operated flashlights and shit. Jeez. Um, well, yeah, she's curling her hair in the dark. The door opens to the bunk, and you pointed it out that it is clearly Ricky. And the behind the scenes is is that to throw people off, it is the guy, the actor that plays Ricky with a wig on. But you're not supposed oh. to be able to tell who it is. The invention of high def TV allows you to see that it is Ricky. <laughs> That's right, because I'm like, it's like that movie Malignant. Yes, you were because you said you were like. Is he on the back of the back of his sister's head? That's right, yeah. Because you can see it so clearly with high def TV that it is Judy. It looks like Judy's hair, but it's Ricky's face. Gotcha. So yes, they they dressed him up. It was just supposed to be a stand-in. You were not supposed to be able to make it out, but TV now allows you to see it. Okay, it really freaked me out because I'm like, oh, we got some malignant going on here. Yeah, this is freaky. You were like, what the hell? And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And she's like, is, is his face on the back of his sister's? I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> and then I was like, maybe she's got a split personality. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> As the killer opens the door, Judy sees the person and is like, oh, it's you. What do you want? And this person knocks Judy out. Yeah, Hits her in the her. face. Love it. And then you see this all in shadow, thank God, because if you saw it happen for real, it'd be NC-17. But you see the hair curler go down. So this person stabs Judy in the vagina with a hair curler. Whoosh. Whoosh. And it kills her. I wouldn't think that it would. No. You probably want to be dead. But she does put a pillow over her face. Okay. So all I right. bet the pillow, you know... Usually, if you put a pillow over your someone's face and you push down on it for long enough, they die. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> I don't know how it happens. I'm glad you caught that because I was like, I don't think that you would die from a hair curler up the vagina. You would really want to be dead. Uh, yeah, that's, you definitely want to. So we cut back to the counselor. He has returned the other kids to the camp, and now he's coming back to check on the ones that he just left out here in the middle of the woods. Yeah. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, they're all cut up and dead. Yep, wild animal. It, that's what it looked like. Yeah. A wild animal attacked them because there was just like the um, like cotton inside of their yeah. uh, sleeping bags was out and then there was blood everywhere. It was like, whew, Jesus. Yeah. He does the fake puke thing where I think he had like yeah. stuff in his mouth. He's like, Bleh. so gross. And he runs off. 
So we do finally see Ricky. He's showing up to the rec hall, and uh, one of the counselors is like, Ricky, what are you doing? It's ending. And he's like, no, I'm just wanting to get some food. He's like, I, I was, he's like, dinner tonight really hurt my stomach, and I've been laying down. And the counselor's like, all right, get in there and get some food real quick, but come on out. It's, this social is ending. Right. One of the counselors, the buff dude, I think his name's Gino, hears the news from the counselor that the three campers in the sleeping bags have been murdered. Oh, like, oh, shit. So now we cut back to Ricky, who is just walking, eating some candy, and Mel grabs him and drags him into the woods. Yeah. He's like, you're done for, kid. Yeah, he starts just yelling at him, and it's funny because he gets Ricky on the ground and he starts hitting him like a like a gorilla. If you've ever seen a gorilla like hit something, where it's like burr, burr, burr. Yes. he's like hitting it with his fist, like pounding on him, like <laughs> liar. Arr, he's like calling him a liar. I thought it was weird, but the gorilla thing is great. Yeah, that's a perfect description. If you've ever yeah, if you ever seen a gorilla use its arms to like pound on something, yeah, or it's like burr, 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 burr. <laughs> <laughs> he was even making those noises. Yes, that's weird. So he runs off like Ricky's on the ground all bloodied and beaten. You're not sure if he's dead, but Mel runs off and he gets on an archery range. He's like crossing through the archery range on the camp and he sees a person standing there. And again, he goes, oh, it's you. And he's like, what are you doing out here? And then boom, he gets an arrow through the throat. But he did say, it can't be you. It can't be before the arrow went into his throat. So he's looking at the killer and he's like, it can't be you. Okay. It can't be because he thought it was... Ricky. Ricky. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I didn't put that down here. So this cop from the beginning of the movie shows back up. <laughs> Your favorite. He has two pieces of tape, like taped to his mouth, his upper lip. Is he a cake cop? <laughs> <laughs> well, he shaved it because he got uh, fired from the cape cop force. <laughs> and now he's back. They handed him his badge and cake gun. <laughs> but I guess this dude had shaved. He thought he was done and they, they obviously must have done some reshoots. Called him back. Yeah. So he has the worst looking mustache in the world. It is pretty bad. So this cop goes into the bunk, to see Angela's bunk to see, and he comes up with like a thousand yard stare. Like he just saw like the worst thing in his life, which mm -hmm. I'm sure he did. Angela meets up with Paul and they're sitting on the beach talking and Angela, to Paul's surprise, is like, let's go skinny dipping. Yeah. And her hair is all messy. It's, oh, yeah. Like it is just like she just woke up, you know, from, oh. a, from a night's sleep. Oh, okay. All right. The cop and, well, first off, she says they should go skinny dipping and Paul's like, yeah, yeah, let's go skinny dip. Oh my God. That's the best day of my life. Um, the cop and the counselors are walking through the woods and they find Ricky. He's still alive. He's badly bloodied, but he's still alive. Gino, the slab buff guy and another woman counselor are walking, just trying to find other campers and they stumble across Angela who is just sitting there with Paul's head in her lap. She's like stroking it. Mm -hmm. And she stands up and she is completely naked. Like, and you see things. This is, and the counselor goes, oh my God, she's a boy. Yeah. She's got a penis. It is completely naked with a penis. Paul's head is decapitated. She decapitated Paul completely. Which if you're looking at this scene, you're like, okay, this is a, like a 14-year-old maybe? Yeah. You're like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, they're naked. So Do I need to look? Do I look? <laughs> Do I not look? It's it's very crazy because the behind the scenes on this says that like they wanted the actress who played Angela to just maybe wear like a strap-on for the scene. Oh. But her mom was like, no, absolutely not. So they hired a guy. No one knows who he is. Like thankfully they didn't ever release what this guy's name was. 
He didn't want to do it, so he ended up getting wasted. And <laughs> the special effects people made a mask that looked like Angela's face, and this guy just wore it. But he's completely buck naked. They said like when it was time for him to film this scene, he was like crying his eyes out. Aww. Um, but yes, Angela's doing this weird face where she's got her mouth open and is like looking off to the side. Yeah, and she's hissing. Weird. She's like, <sighs> nothing she's ever done before. Yeah, and we get a flashback now to Aunt Martha. It shows her sitting there with a little child, one of the kids that had survived. You assume that it is Angela from the boating accident at the beginning. Right. She's like, hmm. You know, I've already got a boy. I've already got Ricky. And that's not going to do. I think I want a girl. I've always wanted a little girl. So this little boy, I think that she calls him Peter, maybe. But she's like, Peter, you're now going to be Angela. And so she raised Peter as a girl. Yeah. Just because she wanted another girl and not a boy. Because she's like, oh, the, you're, you're a little boy. That just won't do now, will it? Yes. So... This movie is leading us to believe, and, and I'm not an expert in trans rights or things like that, of course. I'd support it all the way, but Absolutely. this movie is supposing that Angela being raised as a girl when he was really a boy caused him to go crazy? Yeah, which it wasn't their choice, so I can understand that. I just imagine all these Republicans pointing to this movie now being like, this is what happens when you force your kid. Because, you know, you, you do read in the news of people being like, my three-year-old wants to be a boy now. Or my three-year-old wants to be a girl now. Just proof that they just nitpick whatever they want. Yes. Um, you know, not the best representation. <laughs> no, I have to agree. It, it wasn't the best. And it, I don't know that they meant for that to happen. Probably not. It, it was just kind of, I don't think they were thinking about transgender or anything of right. the sorts they were just kind of like this is what happened yes yes i imagine I, i'm sure they didn't think about it because back then maybe transgender wasn't a very big thing like i'm sure there were people so. but you know it's such a, a big topic now because it is becoming more popular right and more and more people are able to live their lives as they see fit you know well, not you... not just popular just just more seen you know it's it's um become more like accepted. normal yeah. yeah accepted yeah and maybe because we didn't have the internet maybe there was a big scene of people being transgender and we just didn't know about it could be like i said i'm not an expert i i support it like if you want to be a if you're a woman or a man and you feel that you really are supposed to be the opposite sex sure yeah go for it i mean like yeah absolutely it's your life but and, uh, and through history, there are times where men have worn like dresses mm -hmm. and makeup. And I mean, it's it's all throughout time that it's kind of been I'm almost gender neutral. Yes. You know, if, if I want to wear, you know, a dress or a suit or whatever, then that's what I want to wear. Yeah, absolutely. And if you look back, I think it was FDR, President Franklin Roosevelt, like I forget when he was born. Gosh, it must have been in the late 1800s maybe. But they showed him as a baby, and he's wearing what looks to be like a dress. Right. Because they had gender-neutral gender clothing. Like, they didn't have like a, this is for boys, this is for girls. It was just like, these are for babies. Here you go. Exactly. It just, as we have evolved as the wonderful humans we can be, it has just gotten messed up. So it is a very shocking ending. I think it, it works, and that's what everybody kept talking about at the end. Being right. like, oh my god. Um, fortunately, I think, you know, you can't watch it now without today's climate in mind and being like, 
does that still work today? I mean, it is yeah. a very shocking ending, but does it still work? Do you, is it problematic? You know, you just, it's things you think about. It's definitely something I discussed with my therapist. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> she was all like, oh. And I'm like, yeah, don't watch the movie. <laughs> oh. Yes, you're right. You told her that you, about the ending. Yeah, I was like, oh, there was nudity. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was funny. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. That's the movie. A very, very shocking ending. Did, did it take you by surprise? Absolutely. At the, my very last words were, what the hell? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, sadly, that wraps us up for Halloween. Yeah. We did, are now Did done. you like this, though? Did you like the movie? I did. I had seen it before, and I was just waiting for the ending because I knew it was going to, like, freak you. Not freak you out, but just shock. It's yeah. shocking because you just don't expect it. I think it's one of those, again, bad horror movies, but a must-see. Yes. It's definitely, like, become very popular in the horror movie scene. Mm-hmm. It's got some good kills. You know, it's got some crazy acting in it, some funny moments. Yeah. It's just what you want for a horror movie. Exactly. And that twist is very shocking. I don't think anybody ever sees it coming. Absolutely not. There's no way you could. I was guessing the whole time. I thought it was uh, Ricky for a while. Yes. Um, But then... And then I'm like, well, it's not really who the fuck is it? But so, yeah, I I liked it, even though it is a little bizarre. Yes. Very, very bizarre. So that does end Halloween. So I think we had a pretty good first Halloween season now with our podcast since we just started doing this in January. Not too bad with the technical difficulties and stuff. Yeah. And school and all the busyness that we've had. Yeah. No, absolutely. So. Um, now we are moving into November, which we were kind of debating on what we wanted to do, but we decided we're going to be watching Asylum movies, which are, I told Shelly, she'd never heard of them before, but it's basically like if a big popular movie comes out, they make like the lower, cheaper version of it. Nice. Like just looking at some of their titles here, uh, War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise came out. They made one somehow called the exact same name. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, Halloween. They've got one called Halloween Night. Pirates of the Caribbean, Pirates of Treasure Island. Oh. Da Vinci Code, the Da Vinci Treasure. So they make snakes on a plane, snakes on a train, you know? Oh, interesting. And they're all considered just like the worst movies ever. Awesome. So we're going to be kicking off Asylum Month. You could almost say that we're continuing Horror Movie Month, but we're going to be doing When a Killer Calls. Oh, wow. Not When a Stranger Calls. Not the popular movie. Oh, so when a killer calls. Yes. This person's not a stranger. They're a killer. No, they're the killer. Yes. Interesting. So we will go through that. I have a real bad feeling this is going to be a month of gun shies with Antonio Banderas. Well, then you're going to hear the F-bomb a lot from this girl. Yeah, listen to us go crazy on that episode, Gun Shy, where it was just the worst. It was. Here we go again. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we really appreciate everybody that voted for this movie. We had a lot of fun with it. Uh, We appreciate you listening. To help us out a little, you can definitely rate and review. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and or Twitter. And yeah, we love everybody. Thank you so much. Yep. Thank you. (laughs) 